Uh, Hare Krishna, welcome to our whoops. Welcome to our Sunday Bhagavatam class. Um, it is July 25th. I'm actually in the Atlanta area. We'll be going down for the festival in Gainesville, celebrating Prabhupada's visit to Gainesville 50 years ago on July 29th. So that's a very important festival. It's also the 50-year anniversary of ISKCON Gainesville and the Prasadam program and all that. So we begin the Bhagavatam. Today we are beginning with 1.12.20, Canto 1, Chapter 12, Verse 20. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So Ishadata Sharanyascha Yata Yoshina Rakshivi Yashovitanita Swanang Doshantir Eva Yajwanam so we begin here uh, quite a few verses. I don't know exactly the number, but I mean, all the verses we'll do today are certainly in this list where the uh, Jataka Kovi does the, the experts on birth are going to describe the glories of Parikshit, this newborn baby. And he'll be compared to many great personalities of the past. So we begin. So the first one is Asha Data, which literally means he uh, is a giver, literally a giver, da, just like we have in English, donation or Spanish or Portuguese, da, da. It's the same da as in Spanish and Portuguese. So it means that he will be a giver, which in Sanskrit, it's just a way of saying he will be generous. So Sharanyascha. And uh, sharana means shelter, and sharanya means someone who is worthy of giving shelter, able to give shelter, or someone uh, of whom uh, or in whom you should take shelter. The why, sharana means shelter, so the why in sharanya is the same why as you find in acharya. Achara just means good, like uh, conduct, good conduct, good conduct, good behavior. And someone who's, whose behavior is worthy of being followed is Acharya. Similarly, the Y in Sharanyas from the word Sharanam, shelter, means one who is worthy to act as shelter. So, and he is worthy to act as shelter, and he is generous, he's a giver. Uh, indeed, just like Yatahi Oshinarakshivi, uh, as she be the son of Oshinara. So, Desho Bitanita Swanam, he will be literally. Uh, the expander or uh, of the fame. He will increase, he will be the increaser of the fame, or he will increase the fame of Swanam, which means literally his own people, like his, his own family, his own intimate friends. This is very interesting because a proud, uh, vain person wants to expand their own fame and basically exploits all those around him or her to increase their own fame. But a good person, and a great person here, such as uh, Parikshit, he will expand the fame 
of those around him. In other words, he's not trying to glorify himself. He will actually glorify those around him. So it shows you what a, uh, a great leader he is, a selfless leader who's just trying to promote and glorify the people around him. And then among the performers of sacrifice, he will be like Doshanti, which is the name of Bharata, Bharata Maharaj, who was the son of Dushanti, Dushanta, actually Dushanta. So the son of Dushanta is called Doshanti, who performed many sacrifices. So the son of Dushanta is Bharata Maharaj, so Parikshi will be like him. So that's the first verse we're doing today. And then more comparisons and glorifications. And by the way, in his purports, Prabhupada gives a lot of information about who these people are. So, Danbinam Agranir Esha, Julius Charjuniyor Doyo. So, Danbinam, among those who wield a bow, Danu means the bow, and Danvi means uh, one who uses a bow. So, Danbinam, among bowmen, you could say, he, Parikshi, will be Agranir, the leader, the best. Agra means front, like in front, and near means leading, so one who leads from the front, literally. One who leads from the front is Agranir, and so he will be the Agranir uh, among bowmen. Tulia's charge in a yard, and equal, Tulia means equal, because it's interesting, Tula means the scale in which you measure things. So Tulia means balanced, equal. So he will be equal to the two Arjunas, who are, of course, uh, Arjuna the Bhagavad Gita, and also Kartaviri Arjuna, another great warrior described in the Bhagavatam. So as a bowman, he will be equal to the two Arjunas, Hutasha, Eva, Duradharsha, and he will be, uh, Prabhupada translates Duradharsha as irresistible, Irresistible. Dur, of course, means difficult. And uh, darsha means sort of to to defeat or to... I'll, I'll show you what the uh, what the Sanskrit dictionary says about Dur darsha. Uh, difficult to be assaulted, difficult to be laid hold of, inaccessible, unconquerable, dangerous, and so on. So darsha Darsha means sort of like to assault, to act aggressively against someone, and then a person against whom you just can't do that is called Duradarsha. So he will be Duradarsha like Hutasha, which literally means the oblation eater, which is fire. It's a word for fire. It's a common word for fire. Uh, it means like the oblation eater because you offer oblations. And so just like the fire, there's a blazing fire. You just can't approach it. And so Parikshi is like that. He's like this blazing fire that you cannot fight against, you cannot go against. And Samudra Eva Dus Tadaha. Tada means to cross, and Dus Tada means hard to cross. He will be as hard to cross as the ocean. So it's not easy to cross the ocean, and Parikshi will be, you can't get across him, you can't surpass him, just like the ocean. So that's the next verse. And then, and again, Prabhupada gives a lot of information in his purports about all the people mentioned here. So verse 22, Mrigendra Eva Bikranto. 
So powerful like the lion, that's literally Mriga Indra. Indra actually is a title. Indra, it means the leader. So like the, like the king of beasts or the leader of the animals, which, which is the lion. It's interesting, just like we say in English, the king of beasts. So also in Sanskrit, the, uh, the king of beasts is the lion. And Vikranta, this is the word Vikranta related to the word Vikrama, like Krishna's called tree Vikrama or Uru Krama. Krama means to step, and Vikrama means a wide step, and so tree Vikrama, three wide steps. That's, of course, Vamanadev. And so the word Vikranta is uh, made from that verb. Vikranta means. Um, uh, courageous, bold, strong, mighty, victorious. So those are some of the meanings of Vikranta. So Krishna is, or I'm sorry, Parishit Maharaj will be Vikranta, just like the lion, Nishavya, Himavaniva. And uh, Nishavya, this is from the word save, seva, service. But to serve, also in, in Sanskrit, it can mean to uh to serve something or to utilize something in other words you're serving something because you're trying to get some benefit from it so there's a sort of a semantic connection and then nisheva can mean to serve in the sense of taking to a place or taking to something as, as something which serves your interests or serves your important interests so nisheva proper translates it worthy of taking shelter himavaniva just like the uh, Himalaya mountains. Uh, Hima, Hima means snow or ice. And so Himalaya, Alia means place. So the snow or ice place is Himalaya. And then Himavan just means the mountains that have snow and ice. So those mountains, the Himalayan mountains are full of, if you, you know, they're full of rivers and uh, minerals and there's all, so you can really live there. The Pandavas spent some time in the mountains. I'm not saying going up way above the tree line where nothing grows. But if you go into the more accessible, lower altitudes of the Himalayan mountains, they're very rich with all kinds of, basically everything you need to live. So that's the example here. So similarly, Parikshit, uh, those who take shelter of him, those who serve him, receive everything they need to live a good life. That's the idea. And Titikshur, he'll be tolerant, Prabhupada says forbearance, Vasudeva Sao, and just like Vasudha, uh, just like the earth, Vasudha Eva Aso, that's what the, the three words are. So he will be Titikshur, tolerant, forbearing, like the earth. The word for earth is interesting, Vasudha. Vasu means wealth or uh, riches, and Da means holding. So the earth holds so many riches. And therefore, the earth is called Vasudha. And Sahishnu Pitaraviva. And uh, Parikshi will be tolerant like, like one's parents. Uh, Pita means father. Pitarao is the dual, literally the two fathers, but it's how, that's how you say parents. It's the same in Spanish and Portuguese, los padres, los pais, isn't it? You just use the plural, sorry for those who are very concerned about gender things. But anyway, the dual <laughs> in Spanish and Portuguese and other languages, uh, the, pl the plural for father means parents. 
And here the dual for father means the two parents. So next verse. In sama means equal. Uh, if you change the S to H, like in Sindhu Hindu, you get the word homo, which means the same like homogeneous. And so samak. Uh, so this is actually sort of play on words. Because samak means equal. So pitamaha samak, which means he'll be equal to the grandfather, who is Brahma. In English, we say grandfather. In Sanskrit, they say father grand. So that's pitamaha, father grand. So the grandfather, so he'll be equal to the grandfather in equality. It's a play on words. Samaki samye. Samye, of course, comes from the word sama. And so just as sama means equal, so samya means equality in the sense of being peaceful and treating everyone the same. So uh, he, uh, Pariksi, will be uh, in equality. He'll be equal to the to the grandfather, Brahma. Then prasade girishopama. In uh, prasadam, in uh, generosity or charity, Prabhupada says munificence. He will be upasama. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, upamaha. Uh, Prabhupada translates its comparison of equilibrium. Uh, ma here is from the root ma, which means to measure. And so upa means close. So like a close measure. That's how you say comparison in Sanskrit. Comparison. So Krishna, who's beyond comparison, is called anupama. That's what the word anupama means. It means anupama, beyond measure. So here it said that in munificence, charity, in mercifulness, uh, Parikshit will be comparable to Girisha, Lord Shiva. So ashrayak sarvabhutanam, and he will be the ashrayak, the shelter, sarvabhutanam of all creatures, Yata Devo Ramasraya, just like God, who is the shelter of Rama, the goddess of fortune. Prabhupada translates, uh, yes, yeah, so Rama, not Rama, Rama, feminine word, is the goddess of fortune, and uh, Devo, God, is Rama, Ashraya, the shelter of the goddess of fortune. So he, uh, Pariksit, will be the shelter of all living beings, just like Rama, just like Krishna or Narayan is the shelter of Rama. So Sarva Sadguna Mahatmye, Esha Krishna Manu Brataha. So, of course, the word Mahatmya comes from the word Mahatma, great soul. So from this word Mahatma, you have the word Mahatmya, which in the Sanskrit dictionary means, it's, it's an interesting word. The word Mahatmya in the dictionary means magnanimity, high-mindedness. So in his magnanimity, generosity in his high-mindedness, Mahatmya also means an exalted state or position, majesty, dignity, so in his majesty, in his dignity, in his exalted state, in his generosity and high-mindedness and all that, 
he will be anubrataha. A follower, uh, a follower of uh, Krishna. The word anubrata is very interesting. I mean, Prabhupada translates it here, uh, follower in his footsteps. Uh, so I, I, I think it's, I mean, personally, I find it interesting to see where these words actually come from. Avrata, of course, means can mean a vow. And then anuvrata means one who's sort of like vowed or someone who's dedicated anu to following someone else. So it means a follower. And here it's translated devoted to, faithful to, ardently attached to. So he is uh, a follower, a, a very dedicated follower of Krishna. And Ranti Deva Ivodaro, and in generosity, Udara. He is like Ranti Deva, the great king described in the Bhagavatam, and Yayatariva Dharmika, and in his devotion to Dharma or religion, he is like Yayati. So maybe we'll do one more. Let's see. Ritya Balisama Krishna Prahadiva Sadgraha. So Dritya. Uh, by his patience, he is equal to Bali. And uh, and also, Dhritya and his determination uh, to follow Krishna, he is equal to Bali, Bali Maharaj, Prahrada Eva Sadgraha. And he is like Prahrada, which means Prahlada in Sanskrit. You may have noticed that the change in spelling in Sanskrit, sometimes the R and the L. Uh, can be used like you can have prahrada or prahlada. Also, the word uh, chalati means he or she or it moves, and also either chalati or charity. So there are different words where the R and the L. And you see, and for example, in certain East Asian countries, they kind of have trouble. They sometimes say something like Hale Krishna. So, so anyway, I won't go into all the phonology of it, but R and L are related. So, Praharadiva Sadgraha, ar ahartaisho shamidana. So, aharta means the performer. As Prabhupada translates it. Aharta. Uh, and Asia, uh, he will be a performer, ashamidhanam, of ashamida sacrifices, which are extremely expensive and elaborate. You have to have really a a college of uh, very in, uh, intelligent, very scholarly Brahmins. Uh, it costs a lot of money. You have to you have to actually have control over other countries and make them participate. There are all kinds of requirements. And so to say, Aharta Esho Asumedanam, that uh, he is a performer of horse sacrifices, says a lot about his position and status. So, Vridhanam Paryupasakaha, and of the elderly, Vridhanam, of the elderly, uh, he is a follower. Actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about Paryupasaka. It's a very interesting word. Uh, so, um, Paryupasaka in the dictionary just means uh, worshiping a worshiper, but there's a lot going on there in the word that you don't hear in English. 
So, but the verse says that he is a uh, worshiper of the elderly. By the way, of the elderly, vridha, vridha means elderly. It uh, comes from the root vird, from which you get vardha, which means to grow or to grow old. And so that's the same root that you have in, for example, govardhan. So go means cow and vardhana means increasing, like growing. And so it's a hill which brings growth and health to the cows, govardhana. And it's the same Vardhana in the first Shikshastaka, Anandambudi Vardhanam, where the Sankirtan movement, Lord Chaitanya, increases Anandambudi, the ocean of bliss. So that Vardhanam, Anandambudi Vardhanam, or Govardhana, Govardhan, as we say, um, that's the same word here as Vridha. It's another form of the same word. So those who are grown, those who have grown old in a sense, and so he will be the worshiper of them. But so the word upasanam like means worship. It's an interesting word because upa, as I've explained, which is English upo or hypo, actually, uh, means near. And so asa, uh, asa is the same asa like in the word um, asana, which means to sit. But if you think about it, like people say, I'm just going to sit here. Like I'm going to sit tight. I'm just going to, it means to, to stay to sit, like like to sit tight, I'm just going to sit on this. If you say it means you're just going to remain, you're going to stay in a situation, and it's the same thing in Sanskrit. So asa can mean to sit, but also to stay or to remain in a particular situation. It's also used, <laughs> anyway, for those of you who like grammar, it's also used as an auxiliary verb in English to mean like to go on doing something, like if you say, okay, continue eating or continue walking or go on doing that. In Sanskrit, you could use the verb asa plus another verb, which means to remain doing something. So anyway, so here you have upa asa, which means literally to stay near somebody. So the idea is to attend on someone, attender alguien. It, it, it means to, um, like to serve someone by staying near them by staying near them so you can do for them whatever they need. And uh, therefore it comes to mean worship. Like for but if you could, because if you think of what deity worship is, it really means treating the deity like a, like a, like a real person. So that, for example, you stay near the deity. And in, in the, if you're a pujari in the morning, you wake up the deity and then you have to feed the deity and, and or before that, perhaps you, uh, no, actually, in our temples, you wake up the deity, and then uh, and then you uh, give the deity something to eat, and then after that, you bathe the deities, dress the deity, and so if you think about it, deity worship really is modeled on the concept of just being the personal servant of someone. So pujari means you become the personal servant, and even the offerings like incense, because if you're serving someone and you're not concerned about the uh, carcinogenic effects of some modern incense, then you, um, you know, you light incense, you create a nice aroma, and then, uh, you know, some lights, you, you, because in the old days they didn't have electricity, so you'd go around and light lamps. Just like, you know, if you're serving someone nowadays, you sort of turn on the lights, but in those days they would light lamps and, uh, you know, water, offer the person water. And then after water, a little cloth, maybe, you know, they can use after they, and then 
Uh, so, you, and then, you know, you have flour. And so if you think about even just the Arctic ceremony, it's just, it's the way you would serve a person if you were a personal servant. So that's the word upasa. And then and the ka means the person who does it. So upasaka, the person who does it, upasana. And then pari is interesting. We, of course, have that in English as peri, like perimeter. And uh, periscope, peri, of course, uh, just means around. Pari. And so, so pari is used often in Sanskrit as a prefix in the sense of like to do something completely or conscientiously, like all around. And so pari upa asa kaha, it means one who stays near, you know, all around doing everything needed to serve someone or a worshiper. And so parikshin in that sense would provide all the needs of uh, the elderly. It's very nice. It's a very nice civilization. So uh, I think I'll stop here. We've done uh, six verses. So I think you got your money's worth. And now I will look to see if there are any questions. Uh, thank you all. Oh. Let's see. Okay, go to the top. So, looking for the questions here. Good morning, Prieta, to you too. Uh, let's see. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all. For <laughs> My cousin is there. Hola, pal. Um, I have a cousin who's a devotee. So, Radhe Sham, uh, the BBT. Shruti Smriti Puranadi is quoted from the from Brahma Yamala, but in Sion Bhagavatam it is quoted from Skanda Purana. Does it mean Shruti Smriti is quoted from both? <laughs> uh, sounds like it, yeah. It, you have to look that up, but that could be. Uh... Anyway, I mean, I, I appreciate you all writing your little notes and then you're watching. Leela Carr, who always asks a question. Uh, let's see. Given the benefit of the doubt that one's glories are determined by one's qualifications and not one's birth, do the sages at that time have a special vision? Yeah, of course they do. I mean, if they were... I mean, what would a birth expert be? It would just be a gynecologist, or a you know, or, or just a uh, you know, what are the you know, the, the kind of doctor that you know that delivers babies. So, Jatagobi, that birth expert, doesn't mean a doctor who's expert at delivering babies. It specifically means one those who can calculate who the child actually is. So they're they are not just guessing; they're speaking authoritatively. Uh. Let's see, any, no, it's, I don't have any questions. Of course, you know what happens. The, oh, someone asked, how are you? Uh, very well, I hope you're doing well. So uh, I didn't see any other questions. Thank you all very much for listening. Again, on July 29th, which is this coming Thursday, we have a festival in Gainesville, Florida, 
to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Prabhupada's coming there. <clears throat> and the next day or two also, there's going to be an inauguration of a, uh, of, or the uh, laying the cornerstone, they're going to build a beautiful new building on the Krishna house property in Gainesville. That's also going to be celebrated. So let's say I just got a message. Let me see if it's regarding a question. Yes, it. Oh, here are all the questions I missed. Does bhakti lead to enlightenment? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what it does. So podemos entender que. So can we understand that astrology has or doesn't have great value? Yeah, interesting question because here they're doing it in the Bhagavatam. Prabhupada. Uh, said that in this age, we should try to depend more on Krishna. I mean, astrology is not bad, but I know a lot of people become very dependent on it. They feel they can't make any important life decision unless their astrologer confirms it. Prabhupada didn't live like that. I've never lived like that, and I've had a great life. So uh, Prabhupada actually uh, once said, and I was sitting next to him, that if you get too much into astrology, uh, you lose the sense of depending on Krishna. You just sort of depend on your astrologer. So it's not bad. It's, it is a science, although, I mean, for example, when we built the uh, temple in, um, in Alachua, Florida, the temple they still use, a beautiful temple, I was the GBC then, and so some funds were raised. We were going to build that temple. And then these devotees, senior devotees, came to me urging me not to try to build the temple because the leading astrologers in the world, actually, the you know direct descendants of Bhrigu Muni, who was the first Brahmin in the universe, that all these leading astrologers had urged us not to try to build the temple because you couldn't do it. It wouldn't be successful at this time, astrologically. And so I just followed Prabhupada, and I thought, you know, we're going to build the temple. And we did. And the temple was built without any problem. There was no obstacle. It went smoothly, and it's still there. And so many thousands of people have had direct darshan of the Lord in that temple. And so much wisdom has been taught in that temple. And there was absolutely no problem in building it. And all the leading astrologers of the world said we couldn't do it. So I think that's a good example of the limitations. Devotional service is directly under Krishna. And so we know in the past, we can see in the Bhagavatam, people did use astrology in certain situations. However, they also had expert, absolutely expert astrologers. And based on my experience with the Elijah Temple, I would say there are not a lot of highly, like, let's say, infallible or completely accomplished astrologers nowadays because they get they can get big things wrong. And just as they got it wrong about the temple, what if they get it wrong about your marriage? So a word to the wise, do you know, then everyone has to do what they want. Uh, what should we do when challenged by atheists about the stories in Bhagavatam or literal? Well, that, that's a whole that's a whole class. I've spoken, and uh, I mean, it's a very good topic. And uh, actually, tonight I'm uh, going to, you know, if I live that long, going to give a lecture at the Atlanta Temple on Sunday. You're all welcome to tune in. 
and we'll try to broadcast it by regular media. And I'm supposed to speak on Krishna and Balaram. So that might be a good time to address this issue. It, it is a, an interesting topic. So thank you all very much. I think I did get the questions. And uh, thank you all for coming and hope we'll all be together next Sunday. So Hare Krishna. <laughs>